Konnichiwa! And hey y'all! I'm Leslie. I'm Laurie. And welcome to Sumo Kaboom! Where we talk about all things sumo. That's right. This week we're talking about pre-bout rituals. I like pre-bout rituals. Me too. I think it's kind of the thing that brought me into the sport, really, is that I was fascinated by it. I think you're not I mean, alone. I, there's a lot of things that brought me into the sport, but this is one of my favorite things that brought me into the sport. Yeah, you're not alone. I've heard that comment over and over and over again because uh, we reached out this week to find out, uh, you know, what y'all's favorite pre-bout Yeah, people had were. really strong opinions and they yeah. really wanted to let us know, which I love. Yeah, and we're going to we're gonna talk more about that later. But first, Newsflash. There's not much on the newsflash front, <laughs> but I will give you a couple of little tidbits that I found out. One of my favorite wrestlers, Ikioi, the man with the dynamite eyebrows, the man who has a voice. Oh, become dynamite now. I, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And uh, a, a velvety singing voice. He has had surgery on his left hand. His record of six and nine in the last tournament kind of would have pushed him in out of Jurio and down the ranks into the non-paying ranks. So he was kind of in a really tough spot, but he had to pull out of the last tournament because of this uh, left hand injury. Well, anyway, he has had surgery and he is... I don't, it's a real toss up whether or not he'll be back in in March, but he said he will, when his hand heals, he will have that discussion then. So we may not get to see Ikiwai, but I do hope that he's healing himself because this is the man who has like never missed a tournament. Yeah. So this is a really big deal, mm-hmm. but I hope we, I hope we don't see him though. Cause it's like, if we see him, that would be great. Cause I'd love to see him, but I hope we don't see him. Cause that means like he's going to actually heal his hand and he might have more time in sumo. Wouldn't it be great if he just became sumo entertainment? If he would just uh, come on. Yes, sumotainment. He would just come on in the middle of a basho and stand in the center of the ring and sing. If they could have like a boy band or like yes. a rat pack and type br- deal. And then bring in the ukulele players. Yeah. And yes. then maybe have have uh, Ted and Fuji do some beatboxing. Yes. But I would, if this was a like a subscription channel that was all sumo wrestlers entertaining us all the time, I would 100% sign up for that yeah. subscription channel. And... So it's in my it's called sumotainment. Perfect, in my perfect world, it would be music, music videos, and cooking videos. Yeah, but then it also might just be videos of them speaking English because that also brings <gasps> me so much joy. Did you see the video of Kakadu? Yeah, Kakadu speaking English. Yes, it made me so happy. I really enjoy hearing Kakadu speaking in English. Yeah. Anyway, so that's that news about Ikioi. And hopefully soon to come the Sumotainment channel on Spectrum Cable. Tomokaze, you remember him? Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to be back, y'all. If you have missed him, he was quite a dominating wrestler in Makauchi, having spent five tournaments there with the highest rank of Maegashira 3. And after seven tournaments and 16 months of being out of the mix because he was rehabilitating for his injury, he will be making a return to sumo this March. So I don't know if you remember, he dislocated his knee and had ligament damage. So it was a pretty serious injury. But his coach is calling it a miracle. And uh, we get to see another wrestler climb his way back up the ranks again. So that's a little exciting there. Yeah. And the last piece of news is just 
everyone's back at practice. Shodai was interviewed and he was asked, well, it's a little bit tense where he's at because his Oyakata and that whole scandal where his coach went out and played Mahjong during the last tournament, that is still yet to be dealt with. And they're just practicing and he's there and they, it was weird in the beginning and now it's kind of a day-to-day thing. But they did interview Shodai and... um He's like, yeah, we're going about it just as normal, as normal as can be. But then he he was also asked about returning Yokozuna's in the next tournament. And he was very honest. And he was like, I'm not excited about them coming back. (laughs) I bet he would not be very excited about them coming back. I really enjoy his honesty. I do, too. I was like, that's so honest. Yeah. Who wants Tom Brady to come back? Nobody. Nobody. But he's there. And still winning. (laughs) Yes, exactly. But uh, I liked his honesty there, too. That's all I got. All right. Let's talk about history a little bit this week of uh, pre-bout rituals. Yeah, set the scene for us. Okay. Well, there are many aspects to the pre-bout ritual. Some are spiritual set in stone and haven't changed for many, many years. And then there are the personal pre-bout rituals of each wrestler that we all know and love. It's the inside look at the individuality of each wrestler as they let us peek into their psyche for a few minutes before each bout starts. Now, wrestlers are traditionally stoic. You know, they're trained from start to finish to be respectful and oftentimes like sort of emotionless on the outside, even though we know deep down they are a bundle of nerves and are very, very much like everyone else in life's high stress moments. So for any new listeners we have out there, by the way, thank you for listening. We're going to be briefly describing what is going on prior to the actual fight. You know, the fights only last a few seconds. Perfect. But often it's the pre-bout ritual is where you get your money's worth, I think. So we're going to tell you a little bit about that. This pre-bout ritual is called the shikiti. It's the whole process of preparing to fight spiritually through purifications and cleansing. You see, the wrestlers purify the doyo with salt. They stomp out evil spirits with their shikos and also prove to their opponent that they come to fight honorably without weapons. But first, let's go back and let me just tell you what steps the wrestlers take from stepping up on the doyo to what you're going to talk about. Yeah. Each wrestler enters the ring. One from the east and one wrestler from the west. They step up onto the doyo and they bow to each other first. Then they immediately walk up to the ring's edge in their respective corners, east and west, flanking the gyoji on kind of both sides. And they clap their arms straight out in front of them. And they do two shikos, which are leg stomps, if you're new to sumo, first with the right leg. And then the left leg. I see. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was like specifically right leg and then specifically left leg. Is that there fair? a reason? No, don't ask me that. I didn't get that deep. Well, you'd think if the, <laughs> if it's specific and every single wrestler goes right and then left, there's got to be a reason. Well, there's got to be, but I didn't get that far. Okay. But anyway, the Shiko is to stomp out evil spirits and also to start getting the wrestler's body flexible and warmed up. So it's it's dual, dual it? purpose. purpose. I was yeah. about to say focus. I was like, that's not really right. Anyway, then they step out of the ring. And that's when they receive their power water. It's not Powerade. This is (laughs) pre-COVID. Well, yeah. But this sacred sip of water, uh, the power water called Chikara Mizu, comes to each wrestler in a long wooden ladle. 
and it signifies the cleansing of the body. And they swish it around in their mouth and spit it out. They never swallow. Never. Then they get this uh, power paper is what it's called, called chikaragami. And they put that in front of their mouth as they spit out this like swished around power water in their mouth out into like a bucket so that I think nobody else has to see the grossness of them spitting out. See, the Japanese are so polite. Well, I appreciate that paper being right there. I do too. Yeah. But uh, it's much better than what. But let's admit if like Sumo was an American, you know, we watch guys playing baseball that all they do is spit out tobacco all over the place. And it's disgusting. It's, it's gross. It's, why, it's one of the reasons I don't watch baseball. I know. I'm like, what is with all this spitting boys? I know. So thank God for the Japanese who are like, we do this ritual, but we're going to save you all from having to look at our yeah. backwash. I mean, what if something comes out with the power water? I don't want to see that. <laughs> like big, I don't know, pieces of lettuce stuck in their teeth or something. I don't want to see that. That's true. I never thought about like just rogue lettuce pieces yeah. coming out of their mouth. Anyway, I digress. Okay, so the winning wrestler from the previous match is allowed to give out the power water and power paper to the following fighter. Now, the loser from the previous match does not get the opportunity to dole out that power water and power paper to the wrestler that follows him. I don't know. I kind of think maybe it's just so that they can get backstage to pout or to think over their match or perhaps just not taint the power water and power paper with their loseriness for the next guy, but it's considered unlucky. So, I guess the next wrestler doesn't have to deal with that guy's unluckiness. You want to come in contact with people who are pumped up, somebody who just won and who is like, yeah. That's right. I mean, this. could you imagine somebody over there like kind of brooding and just like, exactly. just like angry about like, oh, I can't believe. And then he's got to like, here's your power. Here's a ladle and you might slosh water everywhere. Yeah, it would not be fun. No. Okay. So now that they had stepped out of the ring, they grab some salt and it depends on what wrestler it is. It's kind of dealer's choice how much they grab, mm -hmm. but they grab and they toss salt as they re-enter the doyo. Now, this ritual is called shikyomaki, the salt-throwing ritual. So Shinto beliefs say that salt drives out evil spirits and purifies the soul. So that's why the wrestlers throw salt many times throughout the pre-match ritual. Some people grab a little bit of salt, and as they get closer and closer to the end of their four minutes, yeah. they're really tossing salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's some people like Hakaho who just kind of like get a little... Pfft, there's, yeah, a little flick. Yeah, there's not much each time. Yeah. But then some people are quite dramatic with their salt throw. Yeah, like Teratsoshi. Yes, yes. And like I said, it's dealer's choice. Yeah. No one has told them, hey, hey, back off the salt, okay? Yeah, yeah. And you're right in that a lot of these guys, like... Their ritual grows through the four minutes. Yeah. They're pretty subtle about things. Right. And then as they get closer and closer to the match, they just get really demonstrative. Yeah. And they're like, here's two pounds of salt. <laughs> That's <right>. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But now, now they step to their side of the ring again and they squat at the east and the west and they perform the chidi chozu. Chidi chozu? It sounds chidi, like, chidi it sounds like uh, chidi, chidi. chimichurri. Which is a great I sauce. I thought Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Oh, I was thinking Chimichurri. Okay. Okay, so each wrestler, by performing the Chitty Chozu, brings their two hands together and rolls them around as if they have fake water they're washing in their hands. Now, some wrestlers kind of like really mime this mm -hmm. and other wrestlers are like, I'm just going to kind of clap and act like there's water there. But it's really interesting that I don't think I had noticed. Uh, I mean, I had, but it's not consistent. So anyway, they do this big clap and then they raise their arm, their, both their arms out to the side and upwards to prove to the other guy across the ring that they have 
no weapons. And then they flick their palms up at the top. And they um, then proceed to the sankyo, which is a position in the center of the ring, which is essentially a squat just behind the two white lines. Those are the starting lines called the shikirisen. And um, the sankyo is a non-hostile squatting position. And from here, this is kind of where the really exciting stuff happens. Now, this is called the, uh, hopefully I can pronounce this right, niramai, which is mind games, essentially. It's the part of the the pre-bat ritual where they kind of participate in mind games. Like and they actually call it this? Mm-hmm. It's titled it's, it's, Mind it's a, Games? Well, it's not called mind games, but it's what it is. It's the psychological the kind of, of, yeah, of uh, the opponent out. Yeah, the mental aspect of this whole pre-bat ritual. You, you stare deeply at the other wrestler and it's really fascinating. Unless you're a wrestler, you can't really look into somebody else's soul. So only the these guys know, but you can tell from the side, there's a lot of information being exchanged. Sometimes they have a poker face. Mm-hmm. I think Takakesho typically has a poker face. Mm-hmm. The only thing that gives him away is if it's like his excessive sweating mm-hmm. pre-match mm-hmm. <laughs> you can kind of, or his breathing. You can tell that his heart rate is elevated, but he seems pretty stoic. You know, there's a couple of things that you see from different wrestlers, but some wrestlers throughout time have really, really used this to intimidate. Akibono was one of them, so much that I think, I can't remember who he was fighting with. It was another Yokozuna. They basically laughed at him because his stare down was so Dynasty 1982. It was so dramatic, like the looks he would give to whoever he was wrestling with. So it's just depended over time what the wrestler wants to do or how dramatic they make these moments. Also, at the same time, though, they are trying to center themselves and calm themselves, yet align themselves with this other wrestler. And it's uh, it's really kind of a beautiful thing to watch. Now, in between each one of these, they will bow down and then they will say, not yet, kind of. And then they will go back to their corners, you know, wipe off with the towel and the face and the armpits, hopefully not armpits and then face, but right. lots of times it is armpits face. I firmly believe it should be face armpits, but no one's asking me. They're not talking about facial care. No. I mean, does it really matter, though, if you're about to grab the other guy's armpits anyway? Probably not. They probably are just like armpits or armpits. Yep. The the toweling off and all that is still to keep themselves pure and clean. And this is all, if you look at it under the umbrella of Shinto religion and in the rituals that you would partake in upon entering a Shinto shrine, all followed kind of to the T. Now, in these back and forths to the corner and the center and corner and center, the momentum starts to build. And sometimes they smack their mawashi. Sometimes they flare and I don't know, they go back in and back out. With each one, there's pressure, there's excitement, there's alignment, there's breathing until they're like, yeah, 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 let's fight. And I just don't know what that moment is because I still can't tell. I don't know, but it's like a mini show. Now, this ritual used to be over 10 minutes long. And in 1928, they were like, okay, all right, this is exciting. But 10 minutes per each one, we're going to be here all day. So they made it, they kind of chipped off the time. And now we've been kind of stuck with four minutes is the amount of time that they get. That's interesting. I wonder if a lot of them feel rushed. I don't, know. I, I don't know what the answer. I don't know that we could ever find out the answer to that question, but I wonder if they wish they had more time. 
I really don't know. I imagine it's probably different because everyone in this world is different. Like you and I are very different people Mm -hmm. as far as like how fast or how slow we get going in the morning or whatever. I imagine it's kind of the same with them. Some people it's like molasses. And then some people are like the second they step up there, they're like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So imagine it's just kind of whatever two people come together, that's what you get. Hmm. That's about kind of all I have to say about the process getting up to that moment of explosion or tachiai. Okay. I did a little poll online this week about pre-bout rituals. I just wanted to know what our listeners, who did their favorite pre-bout ritual? Because, I mean, I have my favorites. You have your favorites. Yeah, you know mine. Uh, Yeah. And, And we look forward to them every every day. Well, that's really. why Takayasu has been killing me because he stopped doing it. Well, okay. Yeah. So, you know, after reading everybody's favorites, I just thought we should talk about the ones that you miss, that people miss. And then I just want to finish up with some that only a few people mentioned. So maybe educate some people about some pre-bout rituals to look up online because the best thing about the internet <laughs> is you can find these pre rituals of anybody they bring a smile to my face especially oh. of course the ones that are more ridiculous well or yes yes or i just big well and what's so lovely about many of them is they've been made into gifs now <laughs> so you can watch them over and over and over and over again it's really fabulous but okay i just wanted to mention your favorite let's start with him let's talk about it yeah you want to say who he is well takayasu yeah and you're just one of a huge contingency out there who has been missing the takayasu what do you call his move? It's like a shrug. It's like an ultimate muscle flex in his traps. Yeah. And he brings his arms down like he's flexing his whole back muscle for you. Yeah. It's um. some people call it the bear shrug, the yeah, bear hug. He doesn't do it because people can hear him in this moment because there's fewer, you know, because well, then he do it like he a grunt. He used to do with... it with a big grunt. I know. Yeah. He used to. Well, and I think there is a big part for some of these men, not for all of them, but for some of these men, a big part of their pre-bout ritual is audience participation. Right. And getting the audience on their side. It's it's their personality. It's their personal moment to shine. Well, yes. And we love but them in that moment. It's, yeah, it's about building energy. It's about building support from the room right. and about getting your people on your side and getting right. them cheering for you. So when he used to grunt and he did that flex of his shoulders, the audience would just grunt with them. They were like, <laughs> and then he would always end with like an arm wiggle to kind of yeah. wiggle it out, yeah. right? All done while while facing the audience in a corner with the strange, like, dreamy look in his eyes that always kind of confused me. Like, what is he looking at? It's that I kept thinking, ooh, I'd want that seat. Like that seat out there to make eye contact with him in that moment to be like, I've got you. I got you. And then I he's like, Rawr, and then he goes in and he wins the bout. And then he he salutes to me as he leaves the door. Yeah. Because so, I was responsible for his win. Of course you were. We will never know where these wonderful moves come from and if they develop them on their own or purposefully or not. But you are one of many people who are missing that move from Takayasu right now. Some people say he hasn't done it since he lost his Ozeki status. I have no idea if that's true or Or not. Or he got married. Well, it disappeared before he got married. Okay. 
I don't know if he's just a more chillin' guy now, and he's like, eh, I don't need so much of the grunting anymore. Oh, Maybe aged I out of it. I disagree. I don't know. But he, <laughs> Takayasu it was very much in the top three, you know, yeah. wrestlers for, you know, like, favorite pre-bout rituals. Takayasu is just top three, definitely. I give him points for subtlety. It's got, like, it's very subtle. He's it's very Brando. It is. It's it's very. Um, it's not as subtle as say Takakeisho's little bizarre. Oh yeah, he does this really half-assed arm it, it's stretch. Like, yeah, it's, it's like the subtle, weakest it, muscle flex. It's, it's like, like a shoulder my, roll. Yeah. and a really small flex with a teeny tiny little muscle pump at the end. It's not that kind of subtlety. He needs to add some pizzazz. <laughs> I think Takakeisho wins for all the introverts out there. It's not big. It's just kind like, of like, look at my tiny guns. Look at my teeny <laughs> tiny guns and pump. <laughs> They're there and pump. But there are some people out there that love Takakeisho's move too. Oh, no. I have to mention, this is another one that showed up on the top three for many of our listeners. Kotoshogiku's oh, move. Oh, yeah. With his so this, now yeah, that's so a this real wrestler, move. Yes, this wrestler recently retired. So if you're brand new to wrestling, you're not going to see him wrestle anymore. He was an older wrestler, but this move, it, like his, he was usually standing in the corner. His feet were planted really wide, and he would roll his shoulders way back, look up at the sky, and bend as far backward as he could. And the crowd would just roar with him every single time he did it. He was so flexible. It's really beautiful to watch. He also did some really great forward stretches in the he middle of the dojo. yoga class. He would be. But these sort of forward stretches were not as appreciated as the backbend. Well, people if you think about it, people bend. are like, I'm getting a full-on crack view right now. Well, I know. But, you know, the backbend, nobody else does a backbend. So he gets points for originality okay. in his pre-bout Agreed. ritual. Agreed. And uh, a lot of people missing it. Maybe it has to do with like, I got to stretch. I got to strengthen my back. I got to stretch out the front side before I ram it into somebody else. Maybe. Maybe. I don't really know why. But I loved it too. Terutsuyoshi, you mentioned him before. He is the smallest man out there who picked the biggest trademark move to pick up as much salt as he could, throw it as high as he can into the air. And again, it's one of the moves that the crowd just loves. Well, yeah. Maybe. It's little man syndrome where you just grab the, the biggest trademark. Biggest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> throw that salt. Interestingly, I didn't know there was another guy that did that before mm. him. Called uh, Mitsuizumi. He also threw as much salt as he could into the room. He was a little before my time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it's interesting that Teretsuyoshi might have just said, oh, I like that move. I'll take it. That's right. Yeah. But Teretsuyoshi also has some really lovely one-legged balance moves and crab-type walks as he goes from the center of the ring to the side. Oh, They're really dancing. does that weird shuffle, too. Yes, I'm going to get to him. Yeah. It, but what I like about Terzioshi's is that it's identifiable and it's memorable. We, we cannot, though, no. pass up. No. Another one of our top threes. The greatest of all time? Yeah. The master of the prep, <laughs> Hokuto Fuji. Oh, I was going to say somebody else. No, okay. Hokuto well, Fuji currently is reigning champion. Yes. And uh, I'm not alone in my love of this routine. Let me see if I can describe it. If you're new to sumo. Hokuto Fuji's pre-bout ritual. 
it begins by pulling the mawashi out of the butt crack. Yeah, a usually. wedgie. It usually begins with a wedgie. Yes. And then there's big <laughs> slaps to his lower thighs, his lower legs, his chest, then his face, then his arms, yeah. and then he stomps the ground it's a like lot. like an angry bull. And then he grabs some salt and he either holds it to his chest or to his forehead and then he closes his eyes dramatically. It's very dramatic. And he brings his fist up and sort of shakes it and takes a moment there to center <laughs> himself. I mean, his his gets points for length. Right. Just, just length and drama. And full on drama. I mean, yeah. he could part the seas with that, like grasping yes. of salt and prayer to himself. Like, it's very Moses So help me, God. Yeah. I will win this match. <laughs> and the seas part. <laughs> And it's really wonderful. With yep. So, um, one of our listeners said this ritual is as close as sumo ever gets to a meatloaf song. <laughs> and I just think that's a great joke. It's true. It's, true. it's long, it, but it's very exciting. I mean, I love. Yeah. Some, I love some meatloaf. and very good. I mean, we all appreciate it. <laughs> I. We we can't skip over Abby here. And his super high, oh. beautiful Shikos. Oh, gorgeous. He does those beautiful. I mean, he does those better than anybody else. He's got he, lovely gams. Yeah. And he gets my <laughs> points for beauty. Just He's just a beautiful beauty. guy. Yeah. I have missed him. He's on his way back up. Yep. And we will hopefully get to see him soon. But I miss the bad boy himself. I love me some Abby. So we will get to see those Shikos in the future and get to enjoy his pre-bout rituals again. And I, I just have to mention Tochinoshin, though, because yeah. he's a crowd favorite. <laughs> he's never been a crowd favorite of mine for his pre-bout rituals, but for many people, he is. And they mentioned his towel chin taps. People oh, love yeah. that. He like grabs the towel and hits himself on her chin with it. Do they do the chin bump? Because Shodai does that. He does the one, two on his chin. Oh, okay. Maybe so, it's the same. They got to loosen up that jaw. Yeah. <laughs> got to loosen up the jaw. He does a tuck of the mawashi. He does a flex. And he's got a really strange shuffle in yeah, like, and out of the center of the ring. lobster-esque. Well, one... One listener called it the sex gremlin shuffle. <laughs> I have no idea where that comes from. But yeah, but I see it. I, I do don't too. even know what a sex gremlin shuffle is, but if I was to put a visual with it, I would agree. Yeah. It is Tochinoshin's sort of hunkered shuffle back over. Yeah. It, I, you know, Ikioi does it too when he's like, this is the last time. And he turns like with lobster claws and he yeah. kind of like shuffles yeah, out of the ring and then he shuffles back like a really angry lobster. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so Tochi Notion, he gets my points for just oddity. We do have to talk about some wrestlers, though, that are no longer wrestling that really deserve prizes for oh. their pre-bout rituals. One of them was probably in the top three of all time from our listeners. I would agree. And this is Asa Shoryu's oh. belly thwack. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great. It, 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 there's a great gif of it out there. If you don't know who I'm talking about, just look up Asa Shoryu. It's going to come up. It's it's the most dramatic, big, simple belly thwack you've ever seen. It's like statement jewelry on a sumo wrestler. Yes, I gr agree. Yeah. Every time I see it, I think this is the most dramatic 
rolling of the dice in like Vegas. He's like, I got a handful of dice. And I he gotta holds it up over his head. And he smacks it. Yeah. And it's like, it's just so or, good. Or matadors. It, yeah. has, it deserves an ole. If it he put an ole at the top of that, then ole. It, it would have won for all time yes. best. But uh, you know who all time best well, is. Well, yeah, but we're not getting there I yet. I know, I know. Because there's one in front of him I have to mention. Harama Fuji came up a lot. And I had to go back and watch his pre-bout ritual again. But now that I've watched it again, I completely agree. Completely. It is his doyo kiss that he used to do. And he used to get in the center of the ring in his... A squat and he would put one fist on the ground yeah. and then the other one and then in a squat he would lower himself forward with hands and feet on the clay and slowly come forward bending his elbows to put his head to the ground That's like and come frog back pose. up. It was, it's incredibly hard. I don't know if you've ever tried to do that before. Yeah, I, I'm not very good at frog it's, pose. I keep, I fall over into my forehead it's, and it's like flat frog pose. It, it takes so much <laughs> much strength and so much flexibility to do what he makes look really easy. Yeah. And now that I've watched it again and again, I'm like, that is the most gorgeous demonstration of beauty and power that I think I've ever seen. Well, so I don't you know about it, that, but I th- I agree with you. It's lovely. It's, I'm like, I don't know best of all time. It's like a Baryshnikov of sumo <laughs> move. Absolutely. I'm going to stand <laughs> on that opinion. All it right. is gorgeous. Okay. So look it up. Look up Harma Fuji's Doyo Kiss if you want to see something really beautiful. Okay. Best of all time. <laughs> this all guy. time. This guy. So, by, by the way, he's only 44. What, now he is? Yeah. Or he was? No. Now. You think he's like 78 years old, well, this guy. But he's... He's he's like younger than me. So, I have so many questions about this guy. So oh, we're talking about this guy has a nickname. I never realized. I always thought when people mentioned RoboCop, they were not talking about this guy. I thought they were talking about someone else. But whenever you hear anyone in the similar world talk about RoboCop, they are talking about Takamisa Kari, who was an incredibly popular sumo wrestler I in his because time. because of his pre-bout ritual. He definitely. He brought so many people to the sport because of his ritual that he did before sumo wrestling. Now, this guy retired in 2013. He was given his nickname by Akibono because Akibono was like, this is the strangest thing I have ever seen. He's making the weirdest robotic type movement. Let me oh, see. It's so good. Let me it's see so if good. I can explain it. Okay. If you don't know who this guy is, it's definitely worth a look-see on YouTube. He was the master of self-flagellation. He did these very robotic uh, hits to his own body, he squinted his eyes a lot because he couldn't see well. He had terrible, yeah. terrible eyes. He was eyesight. like nearsighted or farsighted. Yeah. I can't remember, so w- but his eyes were always like a little crazed. Yeah. So he always had a strange <laughs> look on his face just because he was trying to see around him, to see where everyone else was. He beat himself. He really beat himself up. He beat his arms. He beat his chest. And then he would flex really hard three times. And the audience would just cheer. Yeah, but they weren't like normal flex. flexes. They were like really 
quick jerky flexes. That he would like, like jerk both fists like down had... to his knees. Kind yeah. of like that. Like just Yeah, like you would squeeze like in really tight oh, like it's that. It's so delightfully insane. It... Like if Christopher Walken was a sumo wrestler, it would be that level of like kind of weirdness and spaciness and just oddity yeah. all in a sumo wrestler. It's it's intense. It, it's joyful though. It, it In my world, it gets points for intensity, joy, flair athleticism audience participation i mean it has it all yeah when he would ball up his hands it would kind of, he would look at them like deliver me this win hands you can do it hands like his hands were separate from his body yeah and then he would sneeze with each hand grasp he would sneeze like a fake sneeze with each hand pump oh i can see the way it would look like that yeah oh, it was truly inspired it is really strange and beautiful and weird and definitely look it up because these are the things that bring people to sumo. Just watching someone go through all of this to get the audience on his side, to center himself, to feel physically, energetically, mentally, spiritually ready to fight someone on the doyo ring. I think it's beautiful. Yes. And I mean, uh, there was an article I read too. I think it was John Gunning article that was just like, don't d- discount this guy because he was a very successful wrestler. Yeah. It wasn't like he was just all show. He had a couple of gold stars. He definitely beat Yokozuna. He was definitely in Sanyaku at one point. Like he was a very, very skilled wrestler. And he probably sensed that the audience was like, what are we watching? And he fed off of that. And then he didn't give a care in the world that he might be concerned considered an oddball or goofy. You know, when we talk about him, it's not like we're making fun of him. It's because we truly like find joy in this person's pre-bout ritual, which is so unique and so unusual. Oh, it's the best. It's the best of them. Especially when you see them all so stoic all the time. Well, what I really you like see that side of them. What I really like about Takami Sakari is his ritual, it's very childlike if you watch it. Yeah. It's very innocent and it's i hate to use that word but there is no sense of reserve no at all it's no it is this is what i need this is what i will build and this will help me and i shall do it and i do not care what i look like and my god how beautiful is that and i know many other people mentioned in the poll that i did in social media by the way y- kota yuki has a uh, rerun arms from what was that of uh, what's happening oh he does this arm thing well it's not even the ar- okay, arm okay so kota yuki had uh was i didn't realize that he was famous for his hoot did yeah. you realize that? Yeah, I heard I, somebody say he, yeah, he doesn't I, do it. He doesn't right? do it anymore. So I had actually never seen the hoot. But this person sent me a video with like all these clips of him doing the hoot. And it's kind of like, hoo, hoo. And, and I guess it was very annoying to other people. <laughs> oh, so no. Hakaho told him to stop. And no. then, yeah, the GSA people, I guess, came in and said, thou shalt not hoot. He, that is too bad. I know. I don't like that either. Uh, which is, you'll let you'll let other guys do their deals, and you won't let him hoot. I know Hakaho has this thing that so he does too, but you know nobody gets to tell him. Maybe he not just had a do. personal bone, <laughs> you know, know with Kotayuki. So let him Ko- do it. Kotayuki has had several things, so I guess you know 
they do have to develop them and the JSA, I guess, occasionally has to step in and say you're taking it too far. What do you bet they were telling that to Takemi Sakari? They were probably telling him to like calm that down. I don't think he was capable of I don't think he was capable down. of it either. I wonder if that's what they did with Rudin though. I don't know. I'm because pro- I miss Rudin's like you know, his butt wiggle. I'm pro butt wiggle. I'm pro hoot. I am pro whatever these boys want to do to get themselves yes. up and ready for sumo. Yes. I don't think they should be censored. <laughs> Absolutely. What <laughs> Let is this, cancel culture? I know. <laughs> yeah. Some of you love Akiseyama's really low super squats. I love those too. Like there's so many things we all love. And I'm sure there's more out there that I don't know about yet. So if you're listening and you're like, oh, I cannot believe they did not mention X, Especially Y, or Z. old ones. If there's old yeah, video tell we us. see. Tell us about it. Send us a copy of the video. We want to know who you love and why you love it. Yeah. And more than anything, thanks so much to our listeners for reaching out and telling us because this was a really fun episode to research. Search, yeah. Just mainly because it sent us down beautiful rabbit holes of the internet. Just so I just was smiling most of the time when I was watching these. Yeah. And honestly, you taught me. I didn't know anything about Mitoizumi. I didn't know a thing about him. I didn't know some of you guys like gave me different names for certain wrestlers and I had to look them up. It was it was really good research for me to do to learn even more. So thank you. That's right. Yeah. So I think that's our style of sumo here at Sumo Kaboom. Please tune in again for more info on the sport we love. That's right. Until next time, I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. Sayonara. See y'all later.